All right. Hey, welcome to our very first episode of the podcast. It's not all black and white. I am Sarah. I'm black. I'm Matthew. I'm white. Welcome to the Interish Papua podcast. All right. And what are we doing on this podcast? So on this podcast, we're going to talk to you about being in interracial couple, um, interracial relationships, interracial, intercultural relationships. And we are going to talk to you like how, what we do and our day-to-day lives as a couple um, and also separately. Yeah, right. And I think that one of the things that's been, that's been interesting for me, even almost as a I'm in the relationship, but also kind of observing our relationship is the way that our racial differences come into play, our cultural differences come into play. Uh, We both have different... And also like our personality differences as human beings. Yeah, it is different, though we we have a lot of similarities. We do and we don't. Okay. Like what? Like we don't? Yeah. Um... I don't know, our perspective of the way we see the world. That's similar? Like, our political views are the same? No, but, like, in what way do... I mean, okay, we're, we're definitely different. There are definitely different. things we, we have more in common, and it makes it easier for a relationship, but we also do have a lot of other things that come in play in our relationship. As, as two people, you were born... You were born in America. I was born here in Kenya. This is where we're recording the podcast. And like, oh, for example, let's talk about language. Mm-hmm. So the way I speak and the way you speak are very different. Like Americans are polite. Kenyans are not polite in our language. I don't know if it's Kenya or my tribal language. Like we just say what we want. And Americans say, please, may I? Like, Right. No, that's... Yeah, well, but I, that's, I agree. Like that, and that's some where some of like the cultural stuff comes from, right? And language. Like, one of the things that was majorly eye opening for me was when, uh, like, when we were having, if, if we were having like a not a very good day, or I was feeling stressed, or things weren't quite right, and then you were like demanding things of me. Matthew, do this. Matthew, bring me this. Give me that. I want oh that. Oh my God, you're speaking like I'm a two year old. That's. But you would definitely, particularly when you were like no. not feeling like you were didn't have space for coddling my feelings or or being you know somehow um, sensitive to the situation because you were having your own stuff going on. You were just would just be kind of you know do you you could come across the very very demanding. I'm not demanding. I just ask for what I. I'm not demanding. I just ask for what I want. Yeah, give me that. Do this. No, it's not right. I'm just. I'm. I'm direct. Okay. And that comes into like it's actually really helpful as the CEO of Ecodnia. I'm able to communicate what I want. I love it. I I think it's great. Uh, It helped me a lot to understand that your first and second languages, both not being English. Uh. The may like may I could you would you like please are not common uh, like in common usage. I'm a very like I don't think my friends would think my friends in the U.S. I don't think they would think of me as a rude person. I'm, no, not necessarily rude, but well, could be. I don't know what what your my feelings think of. are a little bit hot like right now. No, I don't think you're rude. It's that, but that here's the thing is when. The difference also when you have friends, with friends, is first of all, 
if you're having a really bad day, for the most part with friends, you're still going to kind of buffer it a little bit. Whereas with the person you're in a relationship with, whether you're interracial or not, the person you're in a relationship with usually does not get like the benefit of going out of our way when you're in a really bad mood. Am I right about that? Or do you think I'm wrong? Like if you were going, if you had to show up at work and you are working with, whether it's you have an employee or, or a coworker or a boss or a client or whatever, you'd be like, Hey, good morning. How are you? Whatever. Right. Kind of like you go out into the world. You're a little bit polite, even if you're not having a good day, but then you come home and you are just, you, you take all those filters off with the person that you in theory love the most. Right. And so that's what I mean. That, 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 that's that, that. When you take away that filter, then for you, I noticed that when you took away that filter, it was almost like it was, it could be, it wasn't uncommon that I felt like this is a little bit hurtful. Does it feel harder? No, it doesn't hurt me at all anymore. Because I've changed my language or this that you've understand, like now you understand the way I speak. Well, I would say our, first of all, our relationship has evolved. It's improved. We continue to grow, but also one of the big aha moments was coming here and like with that weekend when we had all of your nieces and nephews here and those kids were like coming up and like, uncle Matthew, give me this uncle Matthew. I want that. And I, I remember with like little precious, I said, say please. And she looked at me like you are clearly from another planet. Like they didn't understand what that word meant. And, uh, and even like, you know, Ian, who's your, your nephew, who's like the most polite kid ever just about, right? Still would say, Uncle Matthew, I want this. Uncle Matthew, give me that. And it was this aha moment of, wait a second, that kind of directness is built in the language. So they're not being rude. They're not coming in and coming into my house they're and demanding demanding. that I give me give them juice and sweets and water and food. Which you are doing. Which I was. But they weren't actually demanding it in a way it's that just was, the way they, they ask it's just the way like we ask for something. If I went to a restaurant in the US and I said, Can I please have water? Right. And here I will go out just to something say, and say Bring me water. Give me water. Yeah. Or even I want, right? You would say, I want water. A waiter will come by. Yeah, but it's in the translation. Actually, that's if they're speaking in in our language, it doesn't sound rude. Like if you're speaking in Swahili, it just doesn't sound rude. The please is the word please just doesn't exist. But it's also like rudeness is in the um, is in the voice and how you say it. So when these kids are asking. Like you are making them sound a little bit like they're rude, but when they're asking, maybe like it doesn't translate. I don't know how that, to explain. No, that's my point. And this is, is that, like the whole thing about interracial. Like I would rather be speaking Kikuyu or Swahili right now <laughs> because my, I can't explain myself exactly what I mean in like a third language. No, I get it. But that was that was actually my point. Is it sounds rude to my the way that I learned to speak and interact. So it's, it became a, like a language thing, right? So you're in the you culturally and your language doesn't have a lot of these niceties built in. I also have to say, it's not something that I'm super proud of myself in the way I speak. A lot of times I feel like I'm, I can be a little too softening of things that I want or being direct, right? It's definitely like, I've learned a ton from your directness and um, 
even kind of changing the way I think about directness and being rude, I don't think that's even the case anymore. But that was a shift in me by learning a little bit of Swahili, living here in Kenya and getting to see you in your in your sort of home environment. Okay. So yeah, so those are the kind of things that we're going to be speaking about on this podcast, like how language shapes our relationship as an interracial couple. And the other thing we're going to be talking about is like the things that we did this week. So our day-to-day life um, as a couple, as human beings. And so one of the things that we're doing is setting our goals for 2020. So I am the CEO of Ecodunia and... Matthew, yeah, what do you do? Um, I'm by, I'm a filmmaker and writer by trade. I write a couple of blogs, Dude Let's Talk, DudeLet'sTalk.com, and uh, and Matthew C. Temple, where I host a blog on on uh, creativity, uh, make movies, and I also do courses, seminars, workshops, coaching for uh, creatives who are looking to take ideas from just an idea into actual reality. Yeah. So one of the reasons that we are living in Kenya is that I came here to establish and start a company that I said called Ecodunia, that we make eco-friendly and sustainable products that are handmade, sourced in Kenya. And yeah, so I'm going to be walking you through um, the entire production process Maybe not the entire production process, but like how the business is going. Um, And yeah, so we have goals that we are going to share with you. And we're going to see how we do by come this time next year. Yeah, right. You know, uh, I think it's also that because of the nature of the work that we both do, we work from home. uh, We share an office, so we spend a lot of time together. We talk a lot. with each other, we just spend so much time together, and it, it gives uh, it actually gives us an opportunity to um, I don't know it's it, that we're we just we're always involved with each other's work. You help me in my work, I help you in your work, uh, both professionally as well as even personally. Um, and I'm just kind of a little aside. One of the things that I'm like so happy about, like this morning, I got an email that was a little bit difficult, uh, and it was uh, from someone I worked I, that I worked for many years ago. And um, and the email was just a little bit difficult and it pulled back some stuff in my life that I wasn't necessarily proud of. And for me to like, I feel like I felt this old thing that I often had, which is like, oh, I'm not that proud of this. I want to like put it away. I don't want to like talk about it. But it didn't feel very good in that way. So, you know, I basically was like, hey, I want to read this to you. And then we talked about it and I just, I love that I can share pretty much anything without feeling like I am being judged by you. And I think that, and that actually allows us to work really well together, whether it's the personal stuff or even the business stuff. Like, ooh, I did this. I lost this money trying trying to, uh, you know, for you, for example, I was like, I, I spent all this money on PPC trying to advertise my products and nobody bought it. And now I lost all this money and that's kind of embarrassing and, or whatever. And you can be fully open with that, even though you're like, ooh, ooh now like that made, you know, paying rent challenging or whatever it is. And, and, you know, I think sort of for me too, it's, oh, how do I deal with, you know, uh, you know whether it's like a challenge with an employee or I didn't handle this, this very well that I, I don't love it. I can just go and say like, I 
did this, I kind of screwed it up. And it works into our, it's great in our professional lives or in our personal lives. Like, okay. And when I say not judging, it's not, it's not that uh, you're like, sure, be a screw up, who cares? But it's that, okay, there's, there's sort of a curiosity, like, where did this come from? What is the thing that you can improve on in yourself, in your business, whatever, in order to, so that it happens less frequently or doesn't happen again or whatever. So it's not that it's not like, you can still have your judgment of it, but without the judgmentalness. That's just pretty awesome. And I don't think that has anything to do with with race. I think that's just, you're pretty awesome. Um, and it's something that we, that we I think, do pretty yeah. well. Yeah, when we were discussing about, like, what are we going to talk about today? One of the things that came up is, like, I've been very excited. And it was like, let's just free flow this. We're going to suck the first one. And we're going to learn by the time we get to the hundredth one. Like, I just want to do it since we've decided to do it. And that's kind of, like, how I operate. If I decide to do something, I just go ahead and do it and learn as I go. But then this morning I woke up and I I wasn't excited. You know, I was like, I'm in pain. I'm in like my period just decided to come last night. And during the first day, the second day of my period, like I'm just in this excruciating pain where either I have to like take prescription medicine or take a couple Advil. And I was like, why now? Like why today? You know, like, and... I came to you and I was like, but I don't want to talk about this on the podcast because I feel like I don't know how to navigate this conversation because it, I am not every woman. Like, I feel like just because I have pain, women, like we have, as a culture, we've justified why women shouldn't be in position of power because they have this one day where they are not like at the best. And it's um, not, of course, it's not every it's everybody every- and like i was just gonna go back on that too which is that like you know because the women in my life up until i met you it was never something that that's that was that causes much pain or slowing down as it does for you that i pretty much always thought like i don't see why it's such a big problem like women who complain about it are kind of complainers uh even though um you know just it was totally myopic because I looked around and I was like, hey, all the women that I know I'm close to, it doesn't bother them. So if you're one of those women who has a hard time with it, you're clearly just like not cut out for it, whatever it is, which was totally my own deficiency. Yeah. Right? It was just my own block. Um, and I've actually really come to love that there's a day or two for you where you're just a little bit slower. I'm like, well, who cares if you go slower? We're all going to die whenever we die, whether you have one extra day a month of having a little extra pep in your step or not. I know. So kind of this podcast was like, I don't know if I want to share that on the podcast because I don't want my words to be used against, you know, as a reason why women should not. Not Like a woman need a day off. Like it's not every woman. It's just me. And Um, if it is you, then take it. Because yeah. we all have our things, whether it's sort of physical things that we have to deal with or whether it's emotional or whether it's intellectual or mental or whatever it is. Right? Yeah. So I, I guess like these are the things we're going to be talking about. They may not be like huge, or, but it's kind of like the things that we're having a hard time navigating uh, and not just as an interracial couple, but just as human beings and two people who are in a relationship. Yeah. Um, so yeah. we're just gonna. So we're gonna. We'll see kind of how this all 
moves forward. Yeah, um, and the other thing, like, I was being thinking, honest, right? Just like, just yeah, truly, like, like, honest, a little authentic. bit uncomfortable sometimes. Uh, yeah. And I think one of the things we've talked about is, oh boy, all of our secrets are going to go out because we we're actually pretty open, even with our friends and certainly with each other, about things that we're willing to talk about. Um, and it's probably going to take a little bit of. Uh, it's going to it's going to take a minute or two to be to sort of totally air the the dirty laundry, but. I think it's also so vital uh, because sort of living a, a full life actually just means accepting that I'm just, I'm not as great as I wish I was. And, you know, I am so far from perfect. I'd love to be a little bit better than I am. So, but I don't know if I'm going to get there if I'm going to deny the where I have shortcomings. Yeah, I was like, that was the other thing today. Even like now I'm feeling that, like, I don't want people to like, know when I'm having a hard day or like just some things in my life are private and in some ways today like when we first started recording I was like my I know this is gonna sound really stupid and silly but I was like I am opening myself to like ridicule on YouTube like I don't know how I feel about that because up to until this point up actually until I started my company I was very private like I do not like I've traveled a lot but I don't post anything on social media and then in your company, you've had to come to realize that so much of your company is based around your personal story and that that story is actually inspiring and interesting. It's what has sort of led you to it. It's what gets you up every morning and drives you. And so, yeah, you have to share it. And I remember when we were first recording your pitch video uh, for your crowdfunding campaign for getting launching some of the uh, new product. Um there was, this, you know, tell me about what inspired you. And you're like, oh, I don't want to talk about that. It sounds cliche. Okay, so I grew up on a farm in rural Canyon and I moved to a ghetto in Nairobi. And I don't want pity. I don't want any of this stuff. I just, I'm, I'm starting a company and I'm a strong, powerful woman. I don't want to kind of go, have to kind of go back and use something that pulls on people's heartstrings. But at the same time, it's like, you were a super inspiring person. You're doing super inspiring work. And you weren't created in a test tube in a lab to make, you know, where you just kind of come up in this pristine situation and got to where you are. You are inspiring in part because of your story and then how you have taken your story and turned that into who you are and how you are in the world and what you do in the world. Yeah. So this is kind of like, I feel like I'm opening myself up to something and stepping into something bigger and um, it's a little nerve-wracking yeah just to you know in in this first episode this is the new year and by the time it's it will be aired will be a little bit past the new year um but it's actually been a really neat week for us because the week started out actually not great just the week um kind of leading up into christmas we had been traveling a lot um uh, i was volunteering and uh, donating my time at a uh, traveling film program around Kenya um, with the mostly Kenyan youth who are working on growing their uh, their capacity as storytellers. And some of the, the purpose around the work that we're doing is uh, empowering youth through media and storytelling. 
And then from that, so we were traveling together doing that. Then we had to go from one side of the country clear to the other side to start production on your fish leather wallets, which started. And then we came back and we were just drained and I had been sick and we were fighting illness. And we looked at our last year's goals and neither of us hit our goals for last year. Um, like we were far from hitting our goals. Um, just feeling kind of heavy and weighted. And then uh, we started conceiving what next year is going to look like. And as that happened, we actually started to open up again and get really excited. And um, uh, we, this is something we've, we've, we've been doing is at the beginning of, at the end of the year leading into next year is looking at what are we going to, what are we bringing into the next year? Uh, I even did a small little free e-course around this really for creatives, but anybody who's looking at creating something for the year. Um, and so we use some of these exercises of going through, like we write down everything we spent you know, did two journaling sessions, everything that you could conceive of possibly maybe wanting to do this year that could be a goal. And there were things like get my book published, uh, finish, finish a first draft of another book, uh, launch my next e-course. Um, you know, let's see if I can see it from here. Uh, um, what is that? Finish these two books, set up a, a savings and and uh, retirement plan. Spend Christmas in California. With Spend next Christmas in California with family and the kids. Being bed 10 p.m. Yeah, yeah. So that one is not going to be a goal, obviously, for next year. That would be a little... Maybe when I'm like 95, I can... And then I won't even need that as a goal. Literally, that's my next year goal. To be in bed by 10? It's one of my goals. Well, but we should talk actually a little bit about that because that's actually going to be one of your goals because that you get like your, you actually have a goal. That's something that's I, an intention that you want it's, to it's do. It's an intention, but for me, I feel like my, for, in order to hit my goal, which my goal is to take my company to 350000 uh by the end of the year. But one thing I've noticed is like, I'm not saying like that's not going to happen. But going to bed early kind of dictates my next day, like how I feel the next day. And if I can be in bed by 10, that means like I'm going to wake up the next day feeling great. And then I can wake up at 6.30 or 6 and go to the gym, do my morning routine and then be in the office. Right. But but then let's be really clear about it because what, at the end of the day, going to bed was not a goal. It's an intention in order to support what your goal is. Correct. Right. And so that was really important in this whole kind of like brain dump out there and throwing it all up and saying, wait, what is really resonating? Because there's all this stuff that's really fun. Books, uh, screenplays, all these things that are on my list. You had... Uh, I had one of the few that I can't I can read mine from here, but I have like going to Europe mm -hmm. this year as, as one of the goals. And it was like going to Germany and going to three other countries in Europe. The other ones is like spending two months in the U.S. Um, what else did I have? Oh, gaining 10 pounds of muscle. Um, no. Um, but I think, but, I, but one of the things that was fun was to be able to kind of throw all that stuff up and then sit with it for a day. And then we come back the next day and say, now that you've seen all of these things that you want to do, what actually is the thing that's going to get you up in the morning and make you feel really excited and, and jazzed because... You know, as the year goes on, our goals are going to be hard. We're going to hit a lot of road bumps and a lot of challenges. So, like being excited about it is not going to be there in, anymore. I know. At some point, I, I, know like, that. I just want to be done. Like this was stupid. I want to change. I want to change my goal. I want to throw it all away. I'm just oh, the other thing I forgot is like as we go 
as we as we keep growing and the other thing is we're going to do is like we're going to invite other couples interracial um and intercultural couples as guests mm -hmm. yeah and so whatever you're working on for this year yeah. uh, email us just so we'd love to hear about what you're doing and also if you're having any challenges particularly as an interracial couple but we're not partial uh because here's the other thing too that i think sometimes gets overlooked in any relationship is that you know we're a different race but when two people come together very often there's there's actually a lot of cultural difference, even if you grew up a block apart. It is. Because you've got your family culture. If you go to different schools, uh, the culture of your workplace, somebody might work blue collar and someone works you know, in an office. Somebody might work in the public sector, someone in the private sector, someone's in you know, uh, self-employed. Now you kind of like have all these different cultures that come together. And I think it can be easy to forget because in some ways, like I feel like even though like we're from different continents. Uh, we really? are our mother tongues are different. Are uh, we are a different race clearly, but yet I actually feel like in some ways much more compatible with you than I have felt before. Like there's something about our like the culture of uh, I don't I don't know. Exactly I don't know if it's the culture. I feel like it's the way. I think it's mostly it's the way we see the world. I think that's what makes it. Even though we grew up in these two different cultures and continents, our perspective of the world is very similar. Right, but now the but way we think about, like the way we see the world in so many ways, and also like our line of work in what we do and what's like I would say like almost our purpose and passion is very close. Right, and I think that's what make us compatible as a couple. Right. Which is true. I think there's that too. And then, but I'm even kind of culturally, something else kind of hit me. One is that when you were 20, right, you started working for at least part time at a Waldorf school, even I though it's here in Nairobi. And I went to Waldorf school and my, kid, my kids went to Waldorf. Oops. Um, sorry about that. Um, and then, uh, um, and then also your adoptive family in the US, like, we, I had plenty of cultural connections with them. We were all like Walder families, uh, Jewish families. And you even said to me, like from like the, the women's work that you started doing, like with Ayelet, with your host mother, uh, et cetera, that like that, that you even said, like there was the work that like when we met, it was some of the work that you had done with her and the women's group stuff. And then the work that I'd been doing around men's work and my own healing that somehow when we finally came together, there was actually the, even though we came from very different places in some ways, at some point the paths started to run somewhat parallel and then just kind of crossed at this really interesting, culturally different, our, our language and the basis of our, of our world understanding from a cultural and language perspective is totally different. We actually are very similar in a lot of ways. Yeah. So we, I would love to hear from you guys, um, like, what if you're in an interracial, um, intercultural relationship? What are those things that bring you and your, you know, and your partner together? And what are the challenges that come from being in the kind of relationship that we're in, or just being in a relationship in general? Yeah, right. Okay. Yeah. And then we'll uh, so we'll see email again. us. Yeah, and then we'll see you again next week. Yeah. Right. All right. Okay. So that's it. Uh, thanks for spending a little time with us uh, at It's Not All Black and White. 
I am Sarah, and I'm black. I'm Matthew. I'm white. This is an interracial couple. We'll see you next week. See you next week.